Now podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 188 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today we're going to be talking about how to communicate with specialists better. Now, you know, have you ever talked to a specialist and been shut down where you, you call and they're really not interested in having that conversation with you? Maybe you leave a message with their office and they never get back in touch with you. Well, it's happened to me many, many times, especially when I was a younger therapist. Um, but now I have a cell phone that is full of specialists' numbers, and I have really great contact and communication with many specialists out there. So it makes my life a lot easier, and I can be much more effective with the treatment that I give my patients. Um, but before we you know, get into the little secrets of how I built that list, um, let's just take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. Did you know that over 90% of foot and ankle problems are caused by a tight calf muscle? Introducing the Easy Slant, a durable, adjustable, and portable calf stretching device. The Easy Slant was designed to increase stretching compliance and get you back on your feet and feeling better faster. So if you work with patients seeking to ease or avoid foot pain or clients who want to improve their athletic performance, look no further. Visit EasySlant.com to learn more or order yours today. Enter coupon code OEP for a 10% discount on your first Easy Slant. Hello and welcome back. So let's talk today about how to connect with specialists better. And sometimes this can be easy um, depending on who the specialist is or if they may know you or maybe they know somebody who knew you. I mean, some specialists have seen me on YouTube and listened to my podcasts and that makes it all a little bit easier. But for those of you who are maybe um, fresh out of school, you just graduated, passed your boards, you're ready to get started. Maybe you're a, a young PA, NP, PT, OT, PT assistant, uh, you know, um, whatever medical profession or field you are in, oftentimes you need to communicate with specialists because something comes up and you may be concerned and uh, you want to have this talk. And sometimes having that, you know, one-on-one -on -one talk is just a lot easier than trying to relay this through other people. Um, so that can be quite daunting sometimes, but it's very important that you try to connect with those folks. Um, and so... The one thing I can tell you, though, is when I can connect with a specialist uh, and do it very effectively or efficiently, I'll tell you the outcomes of the patients soar and they get better so much faster. So let's get started. We'll talk about, you know, some things that I find are very important as far as getting your foot in the door. Um, one of the things you need to remember is that specialists go through a significant amount of training. They've worked really hard to get where they are. As a result, they become very, very busy. They're very, very wanted by many people. And so they're getting pulled in many different directions. So not only do they have their patient to take care of, but they've got you know medications to think about and where these people are going to go after surgery, how they're going to be managed, how do you take care of them before surgery. And there's a lot going on, many, many pieces. So they're very, very busy. They also have a lot of risk. So they have to be thinking about a lot of um, different aspects of the patient care. But on the other hand, remember this, who spends more time with the patient, you or the specialist? And it's you by far, okay? It doesn't matter if you're a, um, a PCP doing a physical on somebody or if you're a PT, OT, and you're working with that patient for an hour or whatnot, uh, doing an extensive evaluation. 
I'll guarantee you, you're going to be spending a lot more time with that patient than the specialist will. Okay. The specialist might see that patient for, you know, a 10, 15 minute follow-up visit when you're spending, you know, an hour, hour and a half, three times a week with the patient. So you really get to know that patient much better. Okay. And sometimes the specialist will not see the patient for a follow-up for maybe weeks or even months sometimes after a surgery or after an initial visit with that patient. So it's your responsibility to be the eyes and the ears for the specialist while the patient is in your care. Okay. That's very important. And I know many providers, many specialists who tell patients, um, Paul will call me if he sees any issue come up. Uh, otherwise, um, you know, we'll, we'll see you at your follow-up visit. And so they depend on me to, uh, be their eyes and ears, uh, quite often, especially after surgery. So, be prepared before your first contact with the specialist, okay? Have a good grasp on what you're communicating to the specialist before you call them. Oftentimes, you may be concerned with a little bit of bruising, a little bit of swelling, and after you've seen 100 of them, you you know you might say, well, that's normal. But if you haven't seen 100 of them, you may want to connect with one of your colleagues or maybe a mentor or a supervisor and say, what are your thoughts on this situation before I contact the specialist? Um... Take notes before your first encounter. I always write the patient name down, the date of birth, because as soon as you make that phone call to the office, that's what they're going to want to know. What is the patient's name? What is their date of birth? You're going to want the diagnosis written down, maybe the date of surgery, and number one, your concern, okay? And what are your objective findings? You want to make sure that this conversation you have is short, sweet, and effective. And if you can do that, they are more apt to take your phone call or your text or your email in the future if you can make that first contact effective, okay? Now, there are four different ways you can connect with a specialist. You can, you know, the old-fashioned phone call is something that we commonly do. Um, some will accept emails from you, uh, sometimes texting, and then also in person. And, you know, there are different ways, and they all like to receive messages in different ways. I know uh, a neurosurgeon who loves to get emails, but is really not much on texting and even phone calls. So he'll he'll answer emails between cases and communicate back with me. I have another specialist who works in the same office, and he wants to have a phone call. He's just not big into the um, the technology side of things, so a phone call is the best way to get in touch with that person. So. Let's get ready to make this call to the office, okay? So when you call and the administrative assistant answers the phone, um, make sure that you connect with that person who is picking up the phone, okay? So if they say, hello, this is Susan speaking, this is, you know, this office, you always mention their name, okay? Hi, Susan, this is Paul Markey from County Physical Therapy. I was wondering if I could speak to Dr. So-and-so about this particular patient. I'm very concerned about this problem. You know, and if they won't allow you to speak to the physician, maybe um, they're busy, maybe they're on vacation, um, I would ask for a call back. Could they call me back at this number? Or if they have an MA or a PA or an FNP who works in that office um, side by side with that uh, specialist, maybe they can call me back. Because oftentimes, you can get through to that person a little bit easier. They're more flexible. They do a lot of that uh, middle-of-the-road work a lot better and more efficiently, and they can relay those concerns 
to the specialist. And uh, sometimes that is a great way to get through. So make sure you let them know who you are, where you're calling from, and what your concern is, okay? And uh, that will make it just a lot easier. A couple things will happen, okay? Maybe the door opens and they say, yeah, he's right here right now or she's right here right now. Um, let me get them for you. And then you start to make this connection, okay? But oftentimes, the gatekeeper, which is the person answering the phone, will shut you down right then and there. You know, this person is too busy. Uh, they don't answer phone calls directly from uh, other providers. Um, we do all the triaging out front, and that happens. And then click. There it is. The proverbial lock on the specialist door has just occurred. Okay, and it's happened to me. It doesn't mean that you can't get in at another time. Okay, sometimes it's just the timing. Maybe you just didn't connect very well with that person. Okay, but don't worry. It's happened to all of us. Um, you just have to be persistent, and you need to continue to work at it. So reevaluate that conversation you just had, and then think about, you know. How can we make this better the next time? So be patient, keep practicing, be persistent, and always remember this. You're trying to connect with that provider in the best interest of the patient. It's not in the best interest for you, but it's for the patient. Okay? So, um, you know, it takes some time. Okay? It takes some experience um, to connect with these folks. Let me talk a little bit about some of the secrets of how I filled my cell phone full of contacts um, to specialists and how I'm able to connect with them uh, a lot easier and a lot faster and more efficiently. So when a new specialist comes to town or maybe to a facility where we see a lot of patients from... I try to have some sort of a one-on-one -on -one meeting with that person. Now, I invite them over to our office. Maybe I will make an effort to go to their office and meet with them. I um, I've actually, through COVID, did, uh, had done some Zoom meetings and uh, talk about fruitful. I mean, you can, you can tell them what you do. You can tell them what you offer. Then you ask those people, you know, what is it you want from physical therapists or from uh, PCPs or referral sources to your office. What is it you would like from us and how can we make that um, efficient? I always tell the specialist, I'm going to call you for a good reason. I'm not going to waste your time. I know what your specialty is. I know what you like to see. Um, and then I ask them, you know, what types of patients do you like to see in your office? And what types of patients do you not like to see in your office? I've spoken to many specialists who like the patients that come from us because they know that um, they are the types of patients that they want to see. You know, oftentimes they're inundated with patients that don't even belong in that specialty office. Maybe they're a neuro, they're a neurosurgical office and they get patients who may have generalized low back pain and they haven't even gone through a conservative course of therapy or taken medication or had an ergonomic evaluation done and they haven't really done all of the other conservative things first. So basically those patients get turned right back around. They take up a lot of time for that specialist and it's not very effective and efficient. But when a specialist knows that you're going to be sending them patients that that will be fruitful for them and they, they will be able to help, um, they are more likely to consult with you and talk to you and communicate with you. Okay, um, I make it uh, very clear to them when I first meet them that the, the, the conversations will be short and sweet. I also um, make it a point to get the diagnosis right. Okay, If you 
see a patient, maybe they came in with a diagnosis of, um, you know, elbow pain. And maybe uh, the diagnosis uh, was lateral epicondylitis. And you evaluate the patient and you say, well, you know what? I think this is a C7 herniated disc causing this elbow pain. Um, And then you convey this information back to a specialist. If you send them that patient and you get that diagnosis right, they are much more likely to communicate with you again in the future. Okay. So make it a point to get that diagnosis right. Okay. And ask others, ask your colleagues to put a second set of eyes on that patient and uh, to see if you're going in the right direction with this. And because what you don't want to do is, is produce a confusing uh, situation for them. All right. I always find it very, very important to get to know their support staff. Okay. If it's maybe a a PA or an NP or uh, an MA that works in their office, the secretarial staff, uh, get to know those folks because they're the ones who are going to help get you connected to that specialist and they're just much more apt to, you know, get back in touch with you. I always ask those providers also when I first meet them, how do you like to communicate? How do you like to be contacted? And oftentimes they'll write down their cell phone number and give it to me and say, you know, send me a text right now. And uh, that way I have your name. I'll put your name in there. And that way I'll know it's coming from you the next time you send me a text. And then I can call you back when I'm available. Or here's my email address. Or contact this particular person in my office because they know how to get in touch with me. And so, you know, if you can implement some of these things and um, get in touch with specialists and have great communication with them, your patients are going to do so much better, so much faster. And um, then you can skip a lot of the the, the, the in-between stuff that takes so long sometimes um, before you get them over to somebody. Um, so, you know, if you're if you're a new therapist, a new medical provider, and you're trying to get in touch with a specialist, um, I hope that uh, you know listening today's to today's podcast was helpful in as far as you know getting in touch. If you do still have struggles with it, don't be afraid to send me an email. My email is in the um, show notes. And, you know, talk to me about your scenario and your situation. I'd love to hear your stories out there so that I can help make that a little bit better and a little bit easier. And uh, so that we can continue to do our very best to get our patients better. And uh, so that's really why we are doing OrthoEvalPal. It's all about making you feel more confident, working with your patients, and get your patients better, more efficiently. So folks, again, thank you so much for listening to our show today. Um, Please check us out at OrthoEvalPal.com. Go to our YouTube channel where we have uh, a steady stream of new videos coming up. all explaining how to evaluate patients better and maybe even showing you some patients with actual injuries and actual diagnoses and pointing that out so we can make your life a little bit better. So folks, again, thank you so much for listening and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.